Welcome to the Fraudcast. The two biggest buzz letters in insurance today are AI. And that's what I'll be discussing today with the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud's Executive Director, Matthew Smith. Matthew Smith, Executive Director of the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here, and it's always great to be associated with Fris. We value you guys as a tremendous uh, part of the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud and appreciate all that you bring to the coalition and our teamwork together. Well, likewise, I always appreciate working with you. I'll talk today about AI. You guys recently did a study at the coalition. What is one of the most, uh, one of the largest findings you've seen? You know, this was absolutely incredible. My answer to that would be what our members in the insurance industry told us was loud and clear. Artificial intelligence will be the biggest factor in changing how we investigate insurance fraud in the decade of the 2020s. One of the things we see as ties right in together is that people are challenged with data quality of data, reliability of data, how to use the data. Sometimes they have it, they just don't know how to connect it all together. Did you get any insights from that during your study as well? Yes. And one of the things that came back when we queried people about their concerns, the risk, the fears in using artificial intelligence, is the old adage of garbage in, garbage out. How do we protect against false positives? How do we protect against potential uh, unseen uh, and unintended biases that may be built into the system. So all of those are very valid concerns as these models are being built. And trust me, it's something that the regulators are looking at very closely as as they try to sort out, you know, what is this going to be used for? How is it going to be used? And how are claims going to be analyzed? And that's one of the the things that the coalition really pushed out was that we recognize fully the tremendous value and resource that artificial intelligence is. What I find to be one of the most fascinating things is those of us in this profession, literally right now in 2020, we're going to lay the foundation for how reliable or unreliable the future of artificial intelligence is. So we have to build it right. We have to build it on a strong, rock-solid foundation of reliability. Because if we don't, it's going to collapse when the waves hit it of litigation, challenges, regulatory oversight. So it's a real interesting time that we're in, but a great time to be a fraud fighter. Absolutely. You know, our whole thing at first is that we want to make insurance more honest because it's it's here to it, for the consumer, right? It's here for consumer protection, for the people who are paying for insurance that want to be treated honestly and fairly. And we have to always keep that top of mind when it comes to using AI. We want the data to work for us, not against us. I want to touch on one more topic real quick. You have a, a deep background in law. Have you seen AI being challenged in the courts yet or how, how's that working? Well, I think it has. And, uh, you know, I quit active practice after 35 years at the end of uh, 2017. And, uh, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed my post-courtroom career. But you don't leave that behind in its entirety. And I think one of the most fascinating things, and we touched on this on the webinar when we had Peter Kotchenberger, uh, who's an insurance law professor from the University of Connecticut, was on our panel for the webinar. 
And Peter had hosted a conference at the law school several years ago and invited the coalition to participate in that. And one of the interesting things that that conference talked about was not really the reliability necessarily of AI, but the admissibility in the courtroom of artificial intelligence. Mm. Because regardless of whether you're watching this today and you're the biggest skeptic about artificial intelligence or whether you're the biggest proponent of artificial intelligence, doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum. Before that evidence is ever going to be heard in a court of law, there's a process that has to go through. And that is that the judge, federal or state judge, is going to be a gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper of whether that evidence is reliable or not. So we have to clear that hurdle first. Then once that hurdle is cleared, now the question becomes, will the jury believe that evidence is reliable? Because when the judge instructs them before they reach a verdict, and this is true in a criminal case or in a civil case, the judge is going to instruct them, it's your decision to determine the reliability, credibility, and believability of the evidence you've heard. There's no carve-out for artificial intelligence. It's going to be the same. So let's talk just one moment about that. When I had the privilege of serving on this panel at the University of Connecticut Law School several years ago, there were two MIT data scientists that spoke. And I was amazed at, at the depth of knowledge and understanding that these two professors had. But here's how they explained it. They said, the data pool, visualize that as a lake. And they said, we fill the lake. It's like a big hole, and we dump in the data. So we, being our industry or profession, we know exactly what we dumped into the lake. Now, some of that may be polluted. When you look at issues like criminal convictions in the United States over the last 50 years, nobody can seriously say that those do not have racial bias built into them. They do. So we have to be very cautious what we dump into the lake that we don't pollute it. But even if we get it 100% right, what these two data scientists said that I stuck in my head, they said, our clients, being the insurance companies, don't want the data lake. They want the data tree. The information that comes out of that lake by being analyzed and tells them an indicator the claim is legitimate or the claim is fraudulent, potentially. Here's what they said that's fascinating from the standpoint of introducing this into evidence in the courtroom. They said, we can tell you what the computers tell us in terms of leaning to fraud or not to fraud. But because there is so much data in that data lake and the computers analyze it so quickly, there is no way for us to humanly break it apart and say, well, this piece of data was relied upon 2%. This was relied upon 18%. This was relied upon 44%. So what they were basically saying is we can tell you the computer reached a decision. Right. But we can't tell you how or why it weighed the data the way it did. You've, you've still got to look at that with your expertise and come up with a good conclusion. Absolutely. So what that means is, is that in future trials, where before I could put an SIU investigator on and have her testify to what was done, that they follow the proper procedures, those types of things, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we don't see in future fraud cases data scientists being called to the witness stand and coming into the courtroom and testifying as to the procedures for the lake, using that term, the procedures for the growth of the tree, and why the data science is reliable. 
Very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to watch and see how this all unfolds. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Matthew. Always really Thanks. nice talking with you. Look forward to the next time. Looking forward to it as well. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe to the Frisk Fraudcast on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our other great insights on Frisk.com. Frisk.com.